Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, we bring the love for you tonight. Every time we drop, we bring the ultimate delight. And we find the base when we can roll in it tonight. We're here to take it up another level. Welcome to the ride. On the board, run the pick it up with big gun plates. It's fire burn, time to rinse and meet. We step it in the kitchen, yes. Our mission is to make you stop and listen. We go grab your eardrum, make your move. Jamie, a good text from Jamie B. Guys, great show. I reckon they're moving to sign the new All Blacks coach before Jamie Joseph recommits to Japan. He's done amazing things with them. He certainly has. Uh, the World Cup, the World Cup's Japan shining light. That's some four years ago. I, I certainly wouldn't. I was certainly wouldn't be against the Jamie Joseph Tony Brown combination being the All Black coach. I think it's, it's well deserved, well earned. But I wouldn't get too carried away with the Japanese story. I really wouldn't. Um, yep, they were very good at their own home World Cup against an average Scotland and an average Ireland. But I certainly, as, but in saying that, in the same breath, if they were to get the All Blacks job, then fair play to them. They've got the experience. They've done. They've done the hard yards, and, they, and I dare say they deserve it. And they do a great job. But I just wouldn't buy into. They've taken a real minnow to be a superpower. Japan's not a superpower. Let's let's not let's not kid ourselves here. They had a very good World Cup. You look at the results since. They ran France close in Tokyo. Uh, actually ran the All Blacks quite close too. But, but, but they're, still, they're still not knocking over big teams regularly. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a bit circumspect on how much great work they've done with Japan. They've, been, they've taken Japan level up, but you'd hardly say that going to this World Cup, Japan's certainty is to be at the quarterfinals. In fact... I can't remember what pool they're in, but I'd say they'd be unlikely to get out of pool play. Uh, question uh, and a text message. Is there any gossip on Joe Schmidt for the coaching role? Has he expressed interest in recent times? Well, look, he may have. He it may is. have expressed more interest in the last few months than he had uh, a year ago when we were told he didn't want to coach. He was coming back to New Zealand for family reasons. And the way Joe Schmidt's operated since he's been back in New Zealand, I dare say what's portrayed in public and what's the reality are two different things. So obviously we got told that, yeah, not not really interested in coaching, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden he's on the grass for 12 months of a year with two different teams. So he could well have told New Zealand Rugby Union, consider me. I mean, um, he's the king in all of this, isn't he? If it wasn't for Joe Schmidt becoming a selector and on-field coach and Jason Ryan coming in, Ian Foster wouldn't have his job. He came in to save Ian Foster, didn't he? That's why he was made an on-field coach. He was, he was, he was in the setup prior to the Irish series, but yes. He was a selector very, but didn't come in until after Ireland. He didn't want to select against his old... He's, he's the kingmaker in all of this. He was last time round. I I don't know if he carries the same weight this time around. He may do. 
but he certainly was the kingmaker in that mid-season, mid-week job, gone, but it's not gone, but it's back to between Fozzie and Razor between South African Test 1 and 2 this year. So he was definitely the kingmaker then. Will he have the same hold over New Zealand rugby or, or same power over New Zealand rugby this time around? I'm not sure. Does Razor Robinson get the job and then get told you have to take certain people? That is another rumour doing the rounds. Knowing from what, I don't know either of them well, but from what you hear, both of Razor and both of Jamie Joseph, not two characters that I would imagine would take too kindly to being told. Well, has any former All Blacks coach ever ever been told or have they always been able to pick? They've They've always always picked their own teams. They've always picked. Well, actually, no, in saying that, I think, and people with better memories than me, I think the infamous 91 World Cup that went pear shape. I think Grizz Wiley and John Hart were a were a married a marriage that was forced. Um, but apart from that, I can't think of anything else where guys were forced to have their assistance. It just doesn't bode well because unless you pick your assistance, what's the trust level? You know, I, I think it, I think by the time you get to be an All Black coach, you have the right and mm-hmm. you deserve the right to be able to pick who your mates are because at the end of the day, you've got to trust them and know that they're not just trying to knife you to get the job themselves. Okay. And, um, that happens in, in professional sport. Well, it we, does. we know this. It does. We know this. There's knifing in the back. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're talking about teams, coaching teams, here are some coaching teams to consider. Joe Schmidt, head coach. Vern Cotter, head coach. Jamie Joseph, head coach. Uh, Crowley? Leo Crowley? Karen. Karen Crowley. Karen Crowley. Yep. Uh, Dave Rennie. But pretty sure he's with the Blues next year. Robbie Deans, another one. And yes. John Mitchell. And there's one other that's in the New Zealand system that goes by the name of Mark Hammett, who also has overseas coaching experience. How is this for a team? Here's more messages coming through. Yep. What would you think of this coaching group? Joe Schmidt, John Mitchell, Kieran Crowley. Yeah, it's powerful. Oh, two names there that I'd love to see involved again. Probably never happened. But uh, John Mitchell and Robbie Deans, with all that experience, with all that success... I think that'd be a great addition to these younger, younger groups, having those two um, sort of being cast aside a little bit. Or, well, and maybe they don't want anything to do with New Zealand rugby. They got cast aside themselves in pretty unsavoury circumstances. But like Robbie Deans has just been hanging out in Japan for the last how many years um, doing wonders with his Panasonic team. When you looked around, some of these groups could really benefit from having a, a Robbie as a as an assistant slash mentor, you know, and, and much the way that Wayne Smith has hounded out many a coach in the last sort of uh, time since he left the All Blacks full-time. Well, we'll get back to this, but our next guest is on the line. Coming up on the Maker's Menu, thanks to McDelivery, we've got Tommy Garlip standing by to talk about the NBL final series coming up. Uh, we whip around the grounds thanks to PGG Rights and Turf and tell you what's good to watch this weekend. And Head of High Performance at New Zealand Rugby, Mike Anthony, spoke to Smithy this morning. We've got the best bits for you after 6.30. Plus, we'll get back to the text machine as well. So if you've got some thoughts on the All Blacks coaching saga or who the Michael Jordan of World Rugby is or has been in the past. Double eight, double three is the number to text through. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. But starting tomorrow, 
it all goes down. The NBL final series between our Breakers and the Sydney Kings. A five-game series. The Kings, of course, have home court advantage. And joining us to talk about it as a man calling the game tomorrow. He's our SEN NBL caller. He played 11 seasons across three different NBL teams. We're so lucky to have him on the program. Tommy Gallup. Tommy, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we understand you're working, so we'll try and keep it brief. But how excited are you to get this series underway tomorrow? Oh, yes. Terrific um, terrific, terrific vibe around town, particularly in basketball circles. It's just the, the prospect of going back-to-back in Sydney. Uh, you know, I personally was around for some lean years, and um, now it's, it's getting pretty fruitful. And, uh, you know, it's good for the Kings to, to be the talk of the town again and, and um, just to be fielding a great side year after year. Now, it's so great to get an Australian perspective because quite often we get a New Zealand perspective, which may be a little bit biased in the breakers' favour. But what is the Sydney Kings' biggest threat? What do we need to look out for tomorrow night? Look, I actually think it's the depth of the side. I think um, if you were to probably look at the starting fives, I, I might actually even give the edge to New Zealand. Uh, but I think if you're looking at a five-game series, um, uh, that's where the Kings might have the opportunity to, you know, probably just have that uh, that staying power over a five-game series, being able to go into their bench a little bit deeper than the Kings, uh, than the Breakers, rather. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, finals basketball is an interesting one. You know, there could can always be, you know, twists and turns over the course of a series. So I'm unsure how it will play out, and I actually think it could go either way, but that would probably be the advantage for the Kings. Tommy, talk to us about how the Kings have handled what feels like an eternity of a break. Obviously, the international window has sort of put a bit of a, a pause but added to the intrigue and the hype and building up to the actual grand final. We've heard from the breakers coach. He, he talked to – well, he used some interesting words that I won't repeat, but he's, he's just, just trying to hold the boys back, uh, waiting, for the, waiting for the finals to start. What about the Kings? How's the big break treated them? Look, I imagine they'd be chomping in the bit as well. Um, you know, it's – a lot of basketball that they're also watching. You know, they're watching the Boomers play in these these qualifiers, and a, a bunch of them probably could, you know, put their their claim in that they could be involved in those games. So they're probably watching those games and really, really keen to play. Um, give them some much needed rest, much like the Breakers. But you know, I, I think in terms of what the Kings have actually been doing, it looks like a, you know a few members of the Kings have been spending a fair bit of time on the internet um, <laughs> and then talking a bit of smack and um, getting involved with the. The Perth fans, funnily enough, who actually aren't involved in the final series. But, yeah, look, I mean, it's, um, <laughs> it looks like both teams will be well-rested and, and really keen to get out there. I, I, I anticipate some nervous energy in Game 1, that's for sure. What worked for the Breakers uh, last time they played the Kings and beat them? Will McDowell-White. And mm. I, I think with Will, it's, um, you know, he's a tr- tremendous player, uh, one of the most, my most entertaining players to watch in the NBL. Mm. Um, but it's sometimes with Will, when he's surrounded by these, um, you know, the the, uh, the Browns and, and the Pardons and all these other great players that he does have, he, he can look to defer a little bit. Uh, where in that game, the, the Breakers were a little bit light on a few of those stars. Uh, Brown in particular wasn't playing. And from memory, Liapa was out as well. Uh, and it sort of put uh, Will in a position where he had to take a few more risks. And... Those risks for Will, you know, those floaters in the lane, but just the usage of the pick and roll in the in the middle corridor of the court, he's probably best in the league at that, or at least top five. So I think when we when we saw that game, the the, the Kings actually had no answer for him. Um, so that he was probably for mine the the star of the show, and and he was the the, the one part of the 
piece of the puzzle for the breakers that night the Kings really didn't have an answer for. Now, Tommy, you talked about the, the wonderful thing that it is now that the Sydney Kings are now the talk of a town again. Going into the final series, what are some other of the big storylines around all of this that we, we may not be aware of just yet? Oh, not, not, not aware of it. I guess probably the shooting of Vasiljevic this year is, is worth, worthy of note, you know, in a conversation like this ahead of a final series. He has been kept really quiet this year. Um, you know, he's shooting probably, in, you know, you throw the college stats in there as well from a good career in my uh, University of Miami. This has probably been his leanest percentage season from three. And uh, opposition teams have been really dialed into him. Um, look, it, it, it's still something that hasn't really hurt the Kings. They're still uh, top of the table or that sort of thing. But, um, uh, you know, I'd just be interested about his mentality going into the series. I know he's a shoot-first player, and he, and he should be. He's fantastic at that. But he, he hasn't had a strong year from uh, behind the behind the three-point line. But at the same time, he's also capable of hitting 10 threes in a game, which he did once this season. So um, that's probably a little bit of a storyline. Uh, I think the MVP... Uh, conversation that, you know, like people saying that maybe Xavier wasn't a worthy recipient. Uh, I personally don't feel that way. I think he's a tremendous player. Um, you know, him trying to put a put a stamp on the fact that he did win that award and that he's a worthy winner and trying to be the best player on the court throughout the five games. And then probably against someone like, you know, they're not going to match up directly, but Brown, you know, feeling like he's one of the best players in the league too mm. and, and, and taking it to him. So probably a matchup of stars there plus the the shooting of Vasiljevic is something that I find quite interesting at the moment. Well, you've got us absolutely pumped. Tommy, thank you so so much for coming on the program and talking up the NBR final series, and we can't wait to hear you on the call. No worries. All the best. Thank you so much. Tommy Gallup joining us there out of Australia. He was part of the Sydney Kings, who are taking on the Breakers in the final series starting tomorrow night. We've got live commentary here on SENZ as well, so you can listen live on radio or on the app. And don't forget, the NRL season starts tonight. Warriors kicking off against the Knights tomorrow. It's all going down, babe. It is all on. There is so much sport around. Geez, you've crept up on me there. Who's the game tonight? Is that Paris? Eels Storm. Eel Storm, Storm famously never lose game, game one. one. Mm. Mm. What else is happening on that text machine? Jesus, oh yes, no, we've got me. more texts. You can't see them, but I'll read them to you. Okay, please. What's the fascination with Tony Brown? He's a good coach, but everyone talks like he's the great asset. Arguably, was very disappointing for the Highlanders last year, in my opinion. Thoughts, please. Yeah, my thoughts on that one is um, maybe Tony. Brown, uh, Brownie, might not be a head coach. He probably, and to be fair, he, didn't he, want probably, it. Got, he probably got thrusted into that He didn't that want that, he said. Um, played on his heartstrings mm. of being the proud Southern man and the, and the Highlander, where he has excelled, I believe, as, as an assistant, coming up with plays, coming up with attack, always keeping people guessing from a, an attack-minded point of view. Um, so in that role, I think he's been very, very good, but... Yeah, I wouldn't judge him too much on the head coach role. I mean, many a head coach. I mean, Wayne Smith famously got sacked as the All Black head coach, but yet is now regarded as the greatest rugby mind that we've ever had. So, how do you how do you say someone's not a head coach and then not a very good coach? Uh, it just doesn't it just doesn't add up for me. So, now from what I know and have heard around the traps from people that you respect, Brownie as an assistant coach is uh, is as good as they come. Well, on Wayne Smith, someone's texted in. Wayne Smith, Tony Gilbert, forced to be head coaches of the All Blacks together. 
Yeah, was that a, was that a marriage forced upon them? I remember the time when they were when they were coaching together. Uh, Tony Gilbert was having she probably having a wonderful run with the Highlanders, who probably it was probably when Tony Brown was at ten for them, and uh, and Wayne Smith was uh, was head coach there. So, yeah, that's uh, that's another incident that we uh, they were forced to to marry up. Um, back in the day, because a lot of it was geography. They uh, it was almost like we had to have a bit of a balance because. I guess outside of the country, it was all, you know, oh, it's Auckland dominated this and that because that's where the, the power of the players were. And uh, now I guess the same could be said about, I guess, the Canterbury regime from the last probably decade or so. But no, I think in the amateur era, they had to be probably a little bit more, um, how do you say, it? I mean, political as far as making everyone got a vote from different parts of the country and all the rest of it. But no, I think now we're long past that. So I just don't like the thought of whoever this next all that coach is getting told, oh, you have to have this guy as your no. assistant. And, uh, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, from what I'm hearing, it's possibly the reality. Would so, you take it if that's the option? Or would you walk oh, geez, away? Geez, you'd be torn. Geez, you'd be torn. Um, every part of your fibre would be saying, nah, no, stick it. But then every part of you is like, well, I've always wanted to be your back coach. Mm. You know, and that's what these guys have been working towards. So what do they do being forced to possibly take assistance that they don't want? Um, it'd be a big mistake from the general rugby union if they went down that route. And I worry that people that they make makes decisions. I mean, I think we're going to hear from, from Mike Anthony soon, but yes. he, he makes a lot of decisions around the coaching and 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 obviously – and his eyes recognises who he thinks is a good coach and pushes them towards jobs and stuff. And I wonder if, you know, guys like that for their role have to do things like, oh, well, he'll be a good assistant for the All Blacks, you know? And, and I just worry that that would be how it unfolds where, hey, if we give it to Jamie, if we give it to Ray, whoever you give it to, just let them go their own course and trust them because you're trusting them with the, the prize job that is the head coach of the All Blacks. Well, let them, let them pick who they want to work with, you know? Well, Beef, you're going to be forced to... Uh, defend yourself now because here's another message. Sorry, Beef. John Mitchell, successful. Hasn't he been sacked from every coaching job he's ever had? Uh, Probably, but he was 80. I think he had the highest win record of an all-black coach up until that semi-final loss. He coached you in your younger days, didn't he? Yeah. Just one year. Impressed the absolute socks off me. I mean, when you're young, you're a lot more impressionable Mm. um, and you're not so cynical. Um, but really, really impressed me. Yep, he got run out of he got run out of the force. He walked out of his job. He did that with Eddie um, in England. He, Eddie he wanted to watch go, his son. Eddie wanted, didn't want him to go watch um, Daryl score a hundred up the road. So that was the end of that relationship. But he certainly wasn't sacked. I think he walked on that one, and he did a wonderful job with England. Um, so yeah, I mean, Jesus, there's not many rugby coaches running around to be fair that haven't been sacked. And look at Eddie. Eddie's walking around Australia like some sort of messiah. Well, only two months ago, he was sacked. So, um, no, John Mitchell, I think, is an, an initial line of coach. We, I think yeah, you can certainly trust him. And he's that level of coach. That if he, I'm not saying he's the head coach of the All Blacks. No way. But I'm saying give him a little portfolio and he will do the most thorough job you could imagine around that. I mean, look what he did for England in that World Cup. He was in charge of their defence. He zeroed in on the defence. And let's not beat around the bush. The English defence won them that World Cup semi-final in Tokyo. So I, I, I wouldn't be, I would certainly be more than okay with Mitch getting a, 
getting a start there. He won't. Like I'm only we're only spitballing here. He's no chance probably of, of being involved in, a, in an All Blacks setup again. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be putting a line for his uh, ability. That's for sure. Uh, Nick said half the All Blacks will be ret- retiring from international footy after the World Cup too. So I think Fozzie and Co need to stop being so sensitive and just concentrate on this year and say the coaching jobs are a four year thing. Yeah, and, and they used to be. They used to be very much. If you don't win the World Cup, you're gone anyway. Mm. Um, it was. I think it was only Ted. It was probably the f- only coach who's ever survived. Losing. A, a losing World Cup exit, and that was a dramatic. There was a quarter final exit that he actually survived. Um, so, so that's interesting, fascinating. Sammy Kane came out quite strong, saying again they shouldn't about, have done it. So yeah, boys. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think they just got to move on now and uh, and get on board because just zero in on winning it. But I mean, Sammy Kane looks very focused. He played brilliantly last week and certainly put to bed any doubters uh, that sort of grew over summer. Um, about where he will be sitting in the in this World Cup uh, cycle, and and I and I get and I guess with all of what's happened in the last week, I'm convinced if I was never in doubt myself, but for those that had their doubts, I can almost assure you, I would think he'll be the captain that goes to Paris too, Kirst. Of course he will be. Put your money on it. Mm. Put your money yeah. on it. Uh, right, well, if you've got any more messages, send them through our way, double eight, double three on the Temperin Bedpost text line. Otherwise, we're going to whip around the grounds, all thanks to PGG Rights and Turf very shortly.